Welcome to Tacoma Arts Live's podcast series, Reflections of Tacoma, where we will examine key events, people, and places in the history of the South Sound and the echoes of their impact both in their own time and how they reach out and affect our region to this day. I'm your host, Jamika Scott. And before we begin, I'd like to thank our sponsor, Tacoma Creates, and today's partner, the Buffalo Soldiers Museum, with a special thanks to the Tacoma Library Northwest Room and On Purpose Recording. Tacoma Arts Live and I want to respectfully acknowledge that we gather on the traditional lands of the Puyallup people and pay our respects to elders both past and present. Today's episode is the continuation of our conversation with Daryl Nash of the Buffalo Soldiers Museum. The first part of this conversation is already available for download wherever you download your podcasts. Yes, so, um, yeah, no, that's I think that's that's so great. I mean, I, I guess that really transitions us into, you know, you're talking about this history. You're talking about the, you know, the just the medals, the silver stars, the awards that are that, you know, people brought home as well as, um, you know, that that sense of pride. And um, and I know that that obviously there was there's still a lot of. Um, like you said, it was during integration, but there, mm-hmm. we've known now all the things that have happened since then and where we're at. Um, but I do think it's really important that we are preserving this history. So can you That's talk right. about um, the founding of this museum and, and kind of mm-hmm. how, okay, how yes. it started, how we got here? I was talking about Mr. William Jones. Uh, he served the 10th Cavalry. He grew up in Arkansas, very dirt poor. Most black folks were. Um, a place called Tamil, Arkansas in Pretty much it doesn't exist anymore. It's like a just a place, you know, and not even a city or town, it's just a place. And he left, went to Coffeyville, Kansas. That's where he grew up and got all his training, you know, a labor farmer. And he uh, joined the military and uh, he was determined to make it a career. He um, was with the 10th Cavalry and the first Buffalo soldiers called Buffalo soldiers was the 10th Cavalry. And to show how good they were, they incorporated the uh, buffalo in their crest. Mm-hmm. So they were the first ones to call that by the Cheyenne Indians in 1867. And they took that name. The word buffalo, uh, many meanings, what they, how they got that name was basically uh, uh, because, um, they said because of the black man's hair, and as you can plainly see, I don't have any more of mine, was like the buffalo's mane. And they also said it was because of the buffalo was such a robust animal and so sacred and revered by the Native Americans. And when they would shoot the, uh, the, uh, uh, the buffalo with bows and arrows, those big boys would not go down. Me being a basic man, I think the smallest buffalo I ever saw weighed 900 pounds. The biggest <laughs> one I saw weighed 1,500 pounds. So there's some big robust animals. Yeah. And so that was the uh, uh, how they got the name because of the, the spirit of the buffalo. The one just give up, kept fighting and fighting. And with the black troops, that name stuck and everything. Was, and there's a guy named Frederick Remington. He kind of romanticized that even more when he's with the 10th Cavalry. He drew pictures and wrote a lot of articles about them, you know, what they did and accomplished. And back to Mr. Uh, Jones, uh, he was the 10th Cavalry, still riding horses at that time. He served in World War II, but uh, the United States military in 1944 had came to the—well, basically back in 1939, they knew the horse was no longer going to be needed in modernized warfare. How do we know that? Well, September the 1st, 1939, Germany declared war on Poland— September the 3rd, 1939, Germany, uh, France and Great Britain declared war on uh, Germany. Well, the Polish did had horse cavalry. They had a horse cavalry brigade, pretty big. And they decided to ride their horses toward the Germans. The Germans had set up their uh, light machine guns and heavy machine guns on their armored cars and trucks. 
And they waited. Now, these machine guns could reach out to 500 yards. That's five football fields and hit targets with accuracy. So the Germans let them get within 400 and 300 yards. They opened up on them with those light and heavy machine guns. By the time the Polish brigade got within effective range to try to attack them, they had already lost 40% of their strike force, Mm -hmm. horses and men. That's not good. So the United States knew, so did France and Great Britain knew that the horse cavalry was no longer needed in modernized warfare. So the United States knew that, but they still let the black troops kept horses. So when he went to North Africa with the rest of the uh, 9th and 10th Cavalry, they made him stevedores to unload trucks and ships and stuff. And he was assigned to uh, work on an airfield for the bombers and stuff. Well, he stayed in the military. He was assigned to the 503rd Field Artillery. And to be in Field Artillery, you got to be some pretty smart boys and girls because you got to know mathematics, <laughs> how to plot stuff. And I'm not too good at math. But he was with the 503rd uh, uh, transfer with them. And uh, his unit uh, went to Korea August of 1950. And... I mentioned the 6th, 7th, 8th, and 9th uh, North Korean uh, troops that was considered elite. Mm-hmm. Well, we had pretty much won the, the war. We had pushed the North Koreans all the way back to uh, the Yalu River. The communist Chinese got involved. They came across in hordes, and Lordy, from what was told to me, it's like you get a, a shovel and you hit an anthill and all the ants come out. That's how they were coming across that river. Mm-hmm. Just like, I mean, just, that's the analogy. That's how many it was. And we were just killing them on wholesale. They just kept coming and coming. I mean, there's stories upon that, how they just kept coming. Well, his unit was the 503rd Field Artillery. The Americans, when they attacked us, that was the worst defeat we had. That was a 72-mile retreat. 72-mile retreat. We've never had that before in our history. And his unit, well, like all the entire 8th Army, was retreating from the North, retreating from the Communist Chinese. His unit got surrounded, and they were captured. They suffered a uh, two-thirds of them were either captured or killed. Uh, he was captured um, December the 1st, 1950. And um, two of the guys with him died. And there was a young officer uh, from New York, kind of cocky. I don't know about these guys from New York. They always want to fight people, that New York that's in them. Uh, this young officer uh, was with them. And he was he didn't get captured, but he made it back, thank God. Uh, his name was uh, Charlie Rangel. Charles Rangel, the uh, congressman. Yeah. Well, he was with that unit. Wow. And, uh, yeah, kind of cocky and stuff, you know, but uh, uh, they were captured and stuff. And he was, he spent uh, three years in captivity and uh, he was um, eating some bad rice. What kept him going and uh, his mind and he to keep the guys motivated because uh, about 40% of people in the prison camp died uh, because they would give up in their minds, you know, and they stud- did a study of that. It also found out the Holocaust survivors, what kept them going was their minds. Think of a positive, think of a positive yeah. thing. So he did that, kept the guys going. Um, he stayed in the military. He came back. He didn't give up. He um, did a few more things. He retired from the military as a master sergeant. He still didn't stop there. Uh, uh, he was married before he went overseas. He married a, uh, a young lady he met in the military, uh, Miss Hannah Jones. Uh, they had a total of four kids, one boy and three girls. Uh, Stayed in retired in 1961, and when he uh, got out, he went back to school. He didn't stop. He educated himself even more. He went to industrial arts, learned how to make things with glass and everything else. If you go by the place, there's a lot of uh, stuff they left behind. But he made a good living out of that, uh, how to make glass and, you know, decorations from it. And from a little poor guy, 
with a basic education and a prisoner of war, he left behind over a million-dollar empire to his family. Wow. That's not too bad for a man now. So if he can do it in a segregated condition, there's no excuse for us to expand <laughs> on that. So he used to keep all the things about the uh, Buffalo Soldiers, the 10th Cavalry Special because that was who he was with, and uh, memorabilia and stuff, and that's what it was. And I worked with him. I met him back in, oh, God, in 2008 or 2006, and— and I call him my father because he's old enough to be my dad at that time. That's out of respect and courtesy. And um, he uh, did all these things and kept stuff, and people gave him stuff, and that's what he did. And he wanted that legacy to continue on, and his daughter. And also, uh, the University of uh, Tacoma, one of the uh, professors would bring his students every year down to the place to talk to him because they never met a, a basically a living legend. Yeah. The guy, what he had done and accomplished, and the kids like, well, we didn't know none of this stuff. Well, especially being a POW and come back and still get back on a horse and went charging into battle. And he left all of that information behind. And his daughter, Jackie, she decided to continue on that legacy. And I'm part of the board members to help her in that. And I'm very passionate about it because there's so much out there. And trust me, man, oh, Lord, <laughs> dissertation on the Buffalo Soldier box and uh, the baseball teams, the bands, you name it. They just did so much. Stuff. I mean, it just you can write dissertation yeah. upon dissertation about them. I hope somebody does. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Um, so how did, how what caused the museum to end up in the hilltop? Well, his homes are there. He owned property in that area. So a lot of that property go there. He owned it. And his daughters own it now. Um, that's why it was located there. And he yeah. continued doing it. And everybody knew him. They called him Mr. Jones. Everybody called him Mr. Jones. Everybody. <laughs> so that's what he did. And he worked until about, he was 91 or 92. He was still going. And don't get a little slowing down, get a little bit sick and, you know, time and, and age and couldn't do it anymore and then took his toll on it. Yeah. So. As it does, mm -hmm. unfortunately. Yes, ma'am. Um, so uh, can you tell us about any of any current projects that the museum is working on? Yes, we've got a few in, 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 a, in the fire. Uh, one of the projects we're working on, we're trying to move from the hilltop to go to Fort Lawton because the Buffalo Soldiers were there. And the main one I talked about before was the 25th Infantry Regiment. They were there from 1909 to 1913. And when they left, they went to uh, Hawaii. And they were there from 1913 to 1918. And boy, did they, uh, they racked up some stuff there. I mean, baseball, lordy. <laughs> Their baseball team was called the Wreckers. And they, uh, uh, Buffalo Soldiers played against the Negro Leagues. Uh, these two guys mainly did. Mm -hmm. They put guys into the Negro Leagues. A lot of folks don't know that. Yeah. So they did all good. of yes. Uh, so they were there, and we're trying to uh, appropriate a building at Fort Lawton because uh, the 25th uh, Infantry Band was there, and we're trying to get that building. The military pretty much told us yes, uh, but we're trying to raise money. It's going to take some time. It's a long task because it needs some work. So that's one of the projects we're working on. We also have a Labor Day uh, baseball game coming up, the Army versus the Air Force. Okay. And this dates back to 1904 and other times where they played baseball against one another. So we're working on that. And uh, what's the other thing we're working on? Uh, yeah, those are the two main ones. Okay. So, mm -hmm. um, the the uh, baseball game, is that something that is going to be on for the public that we can all come Oh, watch? absolutely. It's going to be right. at Cheney Stadium in September, so we want you all to come there. Uh, that the sounds out. great. Yes, we're gonna, it's um, on our webs, uh, page and website and everything. We want you to come out there and support us. And cool. uh, Well, we're going to have a display there and stuff. It'll be the Army against the uh, Air Force, a little bit of rivalry. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's going to be hopeful to have fun. Awesome. Yeah, no, that's mm -hmm. really great. And then, so the the... The project that at Fort Lawton, that's a, is that a preservation type project? Is there a building there that's standing that you guys are trying to rehabilitate or are you trying to build something uh, that just kind of like memorializes the 
Well, the, the building is already there, but inside it needs some work. Okay. So, and plus, it's a heritage building. It's mm-hmm. a, you know, because Buffalo yeah. Soldier stayed there, but the band was in that building. So that's, mm-hmm. that's legacy. Yeah. So that's the building, we, building we're going to get. We're excited about it. It needs some work. It needs some major work. Mm-hmm. Got a few people that's up there in Magnolia Bluff. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few people kind of a little bit uh, perturbed over because they wanted to have concerts, which I do get it. But uh, that's legacy. That's history. That's yeah. American history. And uh, Buffalo Soldier, we have a, we we did a lot of things for this country. We have a stake in this country. We have a birthright. So I'm not giving it up. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I appreciate you making sure that, um, again, you know that that this history is not only preserved but that it's shared out and mm-hmm. uh, people are invited in to experience it. And I know that I love whenever we have you know various events, and I, I see the. Buffalo soldiers coming in on the horses and in their uh-huh. uniforms. And um, it's one of those things like there are a lot of reasons to not feel super patriotic right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it, it really feels good when you when you see people who look like you and they're mm-hmm. representing yes. your history and they're passing on that legacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really allows you to feel connected. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, and I think that's a lot of what we're missing right now is the, is the connection to each uh-huh. other. And if you look at a lot of the pictures, you see how... They said how prestigious they're setting mm-hmm. upright. The uniforms, you don't see no beer bellies on them. <laughs> they look sharp. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, somebody picked up on He said, man, I know they always look sharp. He said, because they, they knew what they were doing and what they were representing. And like I said, speaking of the band, that bridged a lot of racial grounds because mm-hmm. uh, that was one of the only entertainments they had. And the Buffalo Soldiers, even still today, black people can throw down on music. I mean, that's just, I'm just putting it out there. And so that's one of facts the things. Facts are facts. Yes, ma'am. That's <laughs> the way it is. And uh, they knew how to play music. And boy, they could put down. And and when you're good, everybody wants to want you around them. That's the way it was. Mm-hmm. Well, I really want to thank you, Daryl, for being here. Yes, ma'am. Um, I really can't. Honestly, I can't thank you enough. I think it's, again, thank you for sharing this history. Thank you for preserving the history. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad that we have the Buffalo Soldiers Museum right here in Tacoma. Yes, ma'am. Stop the, by and come and see us. Yeah, on the wonderful hilltop. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I, I yeah, I'm just, I, I hope that people continue to see what a gem it is that we have yes, right here mm-hmm. in our community. So, um, again, thank you. And then... I would also like to thank our sponsor, Tacoma Creates, as well as the Buffalo Soldiers Museum, which, again, is on the hilltop in Tacoma. Um, you can be the, you can go and visit on Wednesday and Saturday afternoons. We also would like to give a special thanks to the Tacoma Library's Northwest Room, as well as On Purpose Recordings. Um, thank you to the audience for listening and Remember that you can find all the recordings online at TacomaArtsLive.org. This program is brought to you by On Purpose Recordings, created and produced by Chris Blunt. Mixed and edited by Joff Gibbs.